And a good Boucheray Saturday morning to you. That's right. Today is the annual traditional Cajun celebration of the hog. That is a presentation of Chef John Foltz. We'll be up at White Oak Estates and Gardens with the Bayou Wild TV crew. So if you've got a ticket and you're going to be up there at the Boucheray, come by and find us and say hello. Special guest going to be joining us, uh, Gracie Reichman, who is the current Miss Louisiana. It's at the Boucheray White Oak Estate and Gardens up in Baton Rouge. Well, last week we had a discussion about the Louisiana legislature's decision to send the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries back to the drawing board. If you recall, they rejected the 13-and-a-half-inch 15-fish speckled trout limit. Well, today I'm going to introduce a proposed plan that will reduce the harvest to achieve the necessary 20% increased survival rate, but at the same time, allows recreational anglers to choose which workable size and creel limit they prefer. Now, this doesn't come from biologists, but from a longtime Louisiana fisherman buddy who I bumped into, and he came up with this, and I've studied it, read it over and over, tried to attack it every way I could to sink it, but can't find any reason why it wouldn't work. And I'm going to ask you to voice your opinion to see if you think it would work or why it would not and if you'd be happy with it. We'll ask you to send your text messages about it to us at 504-260-1870. That's along with your fishing reports, your questions, and your comments as we do each and every week. We're also going to be talking about uh, that underutilized fish we've been mentioning the last several weeks. It's the one that gets less respect than Rodney Dangerfield. I'm talking about the sheephead. I've got some intel on where you can catch and cash in on them even from the bank. And by the way, are you a feral hog hunter? Well, if you are, or if you want to be, there's a tournament coming up for you, as well as veterans who will benefit from it. We're going to hear from Derek Poor. He's the organizer of Troops and Tusk. It's a feral hog tournament coming to Louisiana. We'll tell you all about it. Also in today's Bad Boys of the Outdoors, we've got a story of how just a minor violation of no boat running lights has led to a much bigger bag for Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents. That's our bad boy, the outdoors. We're also going to have those live fishing reports from our field reporters. And we also have uh, several road shows coming up. We're going to be in Knoxville and Mandeville and the Alabama Gulf Coast. And if we happen to be near you, come by and say hello at our broadcast. We'll run down the list for you coming up. All right, take a look at your weather forecast. Uh, it's kind of weird. We've got kind of a split on some systems. One is uh, affecting the Alabama-Florida coast right now. That's probably where the heaviest rain is. It's that frontal system that passed through. It's moving from the southwest to the northeast. Probably going to be out of that area in a couple of hours. Then we have another line that extends where it's heaviest around Toledo Bend, down close to Alexandria, and lighter rain extending down through the uh, Lafayette area, between Lafayette and Lake Charles, and that seems to be moving due north. Well, you got a 40% chance of some probably light rain wherever you are, and then we're going to have pretty much a whole bunch of sunshine tomorrow. But for today, there's a small craft advisory that's out, and uh, we've got north-northwest winds 15 to 20 knots, uh, 2 to 4 foot seas today, 3 to 5 tomorrow offshore. Inside interior lakes and bays, those north-northwest winds at 15 to 20 will create some choppy conditions. And uh, given the cloud cover that might be in early today, it's going to be a raw morning out there if you're headed out to fish. Uh, tide range, only a half a foot tidal range, but those winds will 
make it seem like a lot more water moved. All right, we got live fishing reports coming up. Robbie Campos first up at the plate. We'll be back to join him. He's at Campos Marina down in Shell Beach. We've also got Captain Mike Gallo, the winner of the Minimalist Challenge. Brendan Bayard's got your paddler's report. The Plastic Man, Captain Ryan Lambert, Daryl Carpenter, and more. We'll be back with all of that right after this timeout on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's chat with uh, Robbie Campo down at Campos Marine in Shell Beach. Robbie, looks like we got kind of a raw morning, but it looks like uh, the, the cloud cover and the light rain has just kind of cleared away from you guys, just moved off just in the last hour or so. Yeah, Don, but I tell, you, I tell you the truth, we didn't get a whole lot of rain down here. I think we got more yesterday uh, and maybe last night than we did this morning. Um, uh, you know, the road's kind of dry, so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see where we had uh, – you know, too much, too much rain uh, this morning. But uh, I tell you, Don, um, it looks like it's going to be a, a kind of windy day. The wind's blowing out of the northwest here right now. It's about maybe seven, eight miles an hour. Um, and I think that's going to ramp up from what I'm hearing throughout the day. You know, as close as the sun comes up, it's going to ramp up, and we're going to we're going to have some have a little bit of wind around here today. Um, looks like tomorrow is going to be the better day for fishing than than today but i tell you this past week don was uh you know was a real hit and a miss man uh <laughs> some guys went out there got them you know got on some speckled trout uh back up in the biloxi marsh here behind marlowe and mussolini uh you know going towards stump lagoon and those back bodies and those deep holes they caught some fish back there this week uh now the guys who found live shrimp at different places and, and were able to go travel or go get them uh, and use live shrimp this week, did better than guys that was on plastics. But nevertheless, um, I, I did see uh, uh, Mr. Brian Epstein down. I saw his reports from down in Delacro this week. Um, he did pretty well on plastics, uh, you know, throughout the week. Um, I, I know that Canarvon Diversion is running at seven uh, at 7,500 CFS down there. It's blowing and going. And, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of freshwater, Don, but um, I think it's got those trout pushed up in some pockets of clean water, and that's that might be, you know, how they're getting them. I don't think they're going to uh, have trout down there for too much longer. It's going to push them out uh, with, you know, they're going to stay ahead of that freshwater going out. So if you uh, if you fish in the Delacroix area, they are catching some trout down that on that side. Um, they're actually catching some redfish over there also. But uh, over here, Don, a lot of catfish caught this week. Uh, the kayakers did good with catching catfish right across the ship channel here. Um, my, you know, the guys that came out, they, you know, anywhere from six to eight, ten catfish. Uh, nice ones, too, man. Probably four or five pounders. Um, so, and that's, you know, a dead shrimp on the bottom. That's not, it doesn't, it's not rocket science to catch those guys. Um, but other than that, Don, it's, you know, I went fishing last Wednesday. Uh, I went down to Long Rocks to try to go catch some uh, sheephead. Never got a bite on sheephead down there at the Long Rocks. Um, the guy who came behind us loaded the boat. So I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, I'm telling you, it was just, I swear it's a hit and a miss thing, you know. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we, got a, we got a bull red, a drum, 
a stingray and a hardhead. And the guy that come behind us that stopped in the cut, they, they did well. So I, I don't know. I can't figure it out myself. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's February. Uh, you know, what I tell people to do in February is make sure your bearings are good in your trailers. Make sure do your maintenance now, you know, because we've got a lot of good things coming. So do do the things that you need to do now, you know, uh, get your CETO membership, get get everything that you need to do to be ready for fishing season because it's coming. It's it's better days to come than, you know, to try to fish in, in this wintertime. So um, but th- that's that's about all I got, Don. Well, I'm telling you that uh, those big freshwater cats sounds pretty good because that's a close run on a cold, raw day. You know, it's a long, cold boat ride, and uh, you can come away with some nice uh, fish for your fish fry, that's for sure. Well, actually, you know, I had a guy yesterday. The wind was blowing yesterday, man. It was tough to paddle a, a kayak around here yesterday. So he went up the bayou going towards the bridge and right, and was fishing in the middle of the bayou going up. In the, in the Bayou Wyclosky here, Shelby's Bayou, going up, the, uh, going toward the bridge in a kayak, and he caught he caught six yesterday in the Bayou here. So, I mean, they're all over. So if you want to, you know, if you want to catch catfish, it's it's not rocket science. You can get there and catch them. You know, just about in any deep turn, any deep hole, they they you know they're everywhere. So uh, it looks like. It looks like this is going to be the new thing around here, freshwater catfish. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it. We just go along with it. You know what I mean? That's so, it. Take, it take what, what Mother Nature gives you. Take what Absolutely, you give you. Yeah. <laughs> My grandpa says, February, anything bites the line's good. So, there you go. <laughs> that's what he used All to right. tell me. All right, Robbie, so, thanks well, for the report as always, my friend. Anything else you got? All right. Nope, I sure don't. <laughs> Hopefully something be better enough. next week. All right. All right. Talk to you next weekend. All right. Bye-bye. Robbie Campo, Campo's Marina. That's right. We've got to remember it is February. And like Glenn Sanchez always said, the good thing about February is the shortest month of the year. All right. We've got some text messages coming in. Uh, the backstrap stackers checking in early from Mobile. Deer season ended yesterday over there, but they got a, had a great season for the club. Good to hear that. Uh, they're about to change gears and get ready for turkey season. Aren't we all? Says a few young gobblers could be heard sounding off this past week. Yeah, they're gobbling already. Y'all be safe in the rain over here today. Uh, Also, another Alabama listener, Ed, over in Wilmer, he says his deer season was bad, but he had two eye surgeries on his left for a detached retina. Well, you got an excuse then, Ed. You got, you got, you got, we'll give you a pass on this season. Look forward to next. Uh, Yeah, that turkey season, I sure wish they would open it earlier. You know, even if they would cut our limit to, to one turkey, uh, let me hunt them when they're gobbling. They moved it back past the peak goblin to reduce the, the harvest and uh, just kind of takes away from it. All right, but I got turkey plans coming up for this year. We'll share them with you a little bit later on. All right, coming back after this, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Kirk Stancil. We're going to check out what's going on out west out at Hackberry. We also got uh, Daryl Carpenter and Grand Isle and others right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Following up on last week's discussion of Louisiana speckled trout regulation changes, you know, for four years we've been dealing with uh, an overfish situation. The Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists were uh, assigned the mission to assign some changes in the regulation that would bring about a recovery of the stock, and they presented it to the legislature week before last and with a 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size 
and a 15 fish limit per person, and it was soundly rejected as an unusable proposal. Well, they're back now trying to scratch their heads and figure out, well, what can we come up with? That would have worked to achieve a 20% increase in survival rate, and it was the one that was voted on by most of the fishermen uh, through surveys and emails and public hearings and uh, it was, I'm sure, disheartening for them to, to have it thrown back in their face. Well, I ran into a fellow named Rudy Hall. Uh, Rudy is a longtime fisherman. Uh, in fact, he's been fishing speckled trout in Louisiana for over 60 years. I thought I had been fishing a long time, but he's got even me beat. Well, he is, is a retired engineer, and using his engineering mind, he came up with what I think is a pretty workable solution. I've been trying to come up with ways to shoot it down and said, no, this can't work. It's not going to work, but I can't. Maybe you can, and I'd like to get your opinion on it after I explain it to you. Now, stay with me because it's a little bit complicated, but if you've been following this, then it won't be so bad. What he is proposing, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries looks at, is giving fishermen, speckled trout fishermen, a choice of either going with 12-inch minimum size, staying with the current, and reducing the limit, the daily limit per person, to 10. Or they could increase the minimum size to 14 inches, and at 14 inches they could keep a daily creel of 20. Now one of the catches is if you got three, four guys on a boat, everybody on the boat has to agree to use the same regulation. In other words, once you put a 12-inch trout in your ice chest, you're done. You, you Then you're, you've got a 10 fish limit no matter what size the rest of them are if the smallest fish in your catch is a 14 inch you can have up to 20 per person now both of these scenarios according to the department of wildlife and fisheries statistics and projections will achieve what's necessary to restore the current population of speckled trout it's in the in the scenarios that they point out so I don't see why that would not work. Uh, you would be given a choice. And, and the reason that these choices, I think, are appealing, there's areas where trout just run smaller. Grand Isle, Terrebonne Parish, marshes, typically you catch a smaller fish there. The extreme east and west ends of the state, deeper waters, open sounds and bays, you generally catch bigger fish. So on any given day in any given area that you're fishing, your boat can choose which of those two regulations you want to abide by. And <laughs> it's really pretty simple, but at the same time, nobody started this except Rudy. And uh, I think he's going to have this uh, a copy of this whole study that was study, but his proposal uh, put in Martian Bayou's upcoming uh, magazine. If you read Martian Bayou, you can also see it online. And uh, he's presenting it to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Biologists, and they're taking a second look at it. So this might be it. And I'd like to get your opinion. Would be you be happy with having the option of every time you go out and fish speckled trout, either to keep 10 or possibly 9, and it's, it's debatable which would have to go. But let's say it's 10, 12-inch fish, or a 14-inch minimum and keep 20 fish. What do you think? 504-260-1870. Also, speaking of wildlife and fisheries and regulations, uh, this came across my desk this week, and I found it pretty strange. The, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission in Louisiana adopted amendments at their last meeting, at this February meeting, uh, Thursday a week ago, 
and the amendment reads, deer tags may only be used by the hunter to whom the tag was issued. Hunters who allow their deer tags to be used by another person or who use tags issued to another person are in violation of this rule and subject to fines and other administrative penalties, including but not limited to the automatic forfeiture of any remaining deer tags for the season for which they are issued. And the amendment for turkey tags reads the same, but it replaces turkey with deer, or replaces deer with turkey. I would have bet anything that it was illegal already for someone to give someone else's deer tags. It just it just makes no sense. You know, let somebody kill more than their limit. It throws off the management program. And the fact that maybe for all these years we've had tags, it's slipped through the cracks and somebody tested it. I don't know, but they finally adopted a rule that spells it out in plain language. You cannot use someone else's deer tags or turkey tags, only your own. All right, 504-260-1870 is our text line. Let's see who's texting us this morning. Oh, we got Toby. He's headed to Mississippi for one last deer hunt. He's with me on the turkey dates. That's the main reason he buys a Mississippi hunting license. They need to make that turkey happen this year. Yeah, I'd love to make a trip with you. I know it's a short season, and you get busy fishing, and I get busy TVing and broadcasting, but we'll try to do it, Toby. Uh, here's one says, uh, good morning. We're going to leave the camp today due to all the rain. Bring the meat back home and get ready for the big game. What game is that? Uh, by the way, we enjoy snagging for Sheephead off the Gulf State Pier. Great show. We love listening to your show. Have a great day, my friend, the Irish Coonass. Well, Irish Coonass, you jumped me on my intel. I got some Sheephead uh, intel information over there on the coast, and I'll come back with that and give it to you. Also kind of update you on what's going on with the Double D uh, big Buck Contest, and uh, also some other stuff. We've got a brand-new book coming out now, Can't Beat em, Eat em with Chef Philippe Parola, and you're going to be hearing from him next week all about his book. All right, we come back after this. Got some more text messages coming in. We'll get to those, more fishing reports, stuff you and I love to talk about. We do it every Saturday morning, 5 to 7 a.m., right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, uh, yeah, we got that run on Sheephead right now. I wanted to pass this along to you. Craig Newton, who is a reef coordinator for the uh, Miss, uh, the Alabama uh, fisheries, uh, says that they, they got some really good sheephead fish in action off the Perdido Pass jetties right now. And also there's some places, if you want to catch them, off the public fishing piers from the bank. Uh, Fairhope Pier, the Cedar Point Fishing Pier, the Gulf State Park Pier, and the Fort Morgan Pier, as well as all the jetties and the rocky shorelines. Now, uh, the size minimum, they have a minimum size. Louisiana, we have no creel limit and no size limit. Alabama has a 12-inch total length and a 10-fish bag limit. Uh, he says, you know, it's best to keep the ones about 15 to 16 inches because in order, they've, they've got a lot of big head on a sheephead, and in order you get a respectable piece of fillet, you kind of get one that size. But I've got a couple recipes that you don't fillet the fish, one is that uh, boil it in crab ball wrapped in cheesecloth, and I've had a lot of people asking me about that since I mentioned it. And the other one is called Sheriff Sheephead. Now, this was Harry Lee, the sheriff of Jefferson Parish, was his favorite fish, and I called it Sheriff Sheephead. It was pretty easy. It was uh, basically uh, uh, bacon grease and ginger with a little bit of salt and maybe some green onions on it on a grill, kind of like you do a, a, a redfish on a half shell. And let me tell you, 
has some really good eating that sheep heads or white flaky meat it's very very versatile so go get you some of them sheep head all right we come back after this 10 second pause i'm going to explain that proposal again for the speckle trout uh, maybe uh, it's a little early to be thinking about that, but I got a couple of text messages, reactions on it. Do you think it's workable, and do you like it? I'll explain it again when we come back right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, last week we talked about the Louisiana legislature shooting down the department's recommendation to go with a 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size and a 15-fish limit. There were some concerns from some of the areas that uh, they don't catch many fish over 12 inches, and to eliminate that would, would be detrimental to their economic benefit for the guides and for drawing people to the marinas and buying bait. Uh, there was also some concern about targeting too many female fish if you raised it to that size. Well, Rudy Hall, I ran into him in, in, in the tackle store in Mandeville at Marsh and Bayou this week, and he had this presentation a plan that he came up with and for the life of me i can't see why this would not work and i'd like to get some listener opinion on this he says you go with a 12 inch minimum 10 fish per person or a 14 inch minimum and a 20 fish per person now both of those scenarios uh, are projected to achieve the 20 percent reduction in the harvest which is what the wildlife and fisheries is shooting for and this gives you the option as fishermen. Now, you have to all do it in the same boat. You can't have one guy operating with a 12 and one with a 14. No way would that be enforceable. But it's really easy to enforce because if they pull up and the smallest fish you have is 12 inches, then you're on the 10 fish per person limit. If it's a 14-inch, then you're on the 20. And I, I got a text came in with regard to this, and uh, it, it Let's see, it was said that they thought it was a good idea, but they had one little problem with it. And the problem with it was that the guys that start out keeping the smaller fish, then they move into nicer fish, and they start throwing the smaller ones back dead. Well, that's called wanton waste, and that is illegal no matter what regulation you have. It's illegal to throw back uh, any fish that you keep and put in there once you've got a limit to to keep bigger ones and you're going to have that going on no matter what you put on it what size you would put on it but uh, i don't know I, I think it's workable and i can't figure out why it wouldn't work and love to hear from some of you guys and girls all right now uh, we got the rut nut checking in he hunted in green county mississippi boy a wonderful place up there he got an eight point yesterday that's a nice late season deer for you and here's one in regard to the deer and turkey tags. His deer tags are kind of a moot point, aren't they, Don? State's pushing everybody towards electronic tagging and the L.A. wallet app. Well, yeah, again, there's ways to cheat no matter what. I guess you could loan somebody your phone and they could, you know, produce that and then they don't have a, a picture ID on there or ask for their driver's license, uh, then, you know, that's the way they could get away with that. But I think it'd be much harder to pass off an electronic tag as it would be a paper tag. But anyway, if they research the person and prove ID matching the tag on the license, hunting license, driver's license, concealed carry, any pictured ID, uh, I think it should be easy to enforce. My surprise was that they haven't been doing this. It wasn't on the books before. Or maybe it was and they felt some need to emphasize it. I'm not sure what the intention was there. All right, here's one that says it's time to put size and creel limit on the sheephead because of the big talk about no limits. They are now being targeted 
in big numbers. A boat came in last weekend with over 200 sheephead. Ice chests were full and the floor covered. These were Asian people with no idea about conservation. Well, you know, that's not just one particular ethnic group that has no concern about conservation. But <clears throat> the best information from Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries when they do their stock assessments that, you know, we don't have a problem with sheephead. We may discover that they are overfished or becoming overfished. And as you can see, as I mentioned, Alabama's already got a limit, 12-inch total length with a 10-fish bag limit. We may be going to that. Uh, David Hubble checking in. Guess where he's headed right now? He's on the road. Come see me at the Hoghead Cheese Station. He will be at the Boucheray at John Foltz's uh, White Oak Estate and Gardens, and we're looking forward to seeing David. Hubble's Hearth, if you want to check him out on the web, got some great jellies. And here's one that says, I'm not a speckled trout fisherman, but it sounds doable to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe it uh, could be the answer, and it comes from a fisherman rather than a trained biologist. All right, coming back after this, Captain Kirk Stancil. We'll ask him what he thinks about it. They've already got a reduced limit over there in southwest Louisiana. We're talking about Hackberry, Rod, and Gun. He's back with Captain Kirk right after this on the Outdoors with Tom Dubuque Radio Network. And through the magic of radio, we take you live and direct to Hackberry, Rod, and Gun, where for the most part, the guns have probably been put up. Duck season has come and gone, another one, and time to pick up the decoys and pack them all away and put the guns up in shelves for another season. Captain Kirk, you guys uh, all got the duck system out of, out of your system, the duck hunting? Oh, yeah, it's, it's out of our system. Everything's put up, cleaned up, and uh, ready for next year. Had a good season, didn't you? I mean, comparative speaking, over the past seasons with this yeah. uh, weather we, that we, we had have, really helped. Yeah, we did have a good one. Now, uh, it, especially the first early season was really good. Now, there toward the end, the last uh, 10 days, two weeks got tough. Uh, we had the birds. We've just been pounding on the same birds, you know. Uh, you know, the area we hunt down here, you know, the coast, you know, there in Cameron Parish, our season extends way too long. You know, in my opinion, in fact, yeah. I've got 25 years of data that support the fact that our season goes too long. We need more days early, and uh, you know, it's uh, but it is what it is. You know, we we did great early in the year, good middle year, and it it slowed way down late season. Well, we are planning on doing kind of a roundtable discussion of uh, duck hunting guides, and we want to include you on it because there's a lot of concerns about the way seasons are set, the length of them. And we'd like to maybe get some of this on record and present it to the department and maybe to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and see if something could be changed on. Because there's a lot of concern about the way the seasons are being run, the length, and uh, areas that are affected by tides and that type of thing. So we'll, we'll get in touch with you and try I'd, to hey, set I'd that up. I'd be glad to be part of that. Be loved, loved, would love to be part of that. You know, we've uh, – golly – uh, you know, I know everybody has their own ideas on what it is. It's good to get everybody around to, uh, to discuss this. Exactly. You know, uh, we were down there uh, a little over a week ago, and we were on a Rockefeller Wildlife Refuge. <laughs> I tell you, that's where your ducks are right now. Oh, God. I've never, <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever seen. <laughs> right. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever seen that many ducks in one place in Louisiana at one time in my life. Uh, how do y'all feel about that? Do, do you think you get birds coming in and out of there that keeps them in the area, or do you think it prevents you from getting two ducks by housing them in there with no pressure? I think it. Well, I mean, 
the more ducks you have in the area, the better your chances are. Is the way I feel about it. Uh, you know, when you have weather events, these birds are going to move around. Now, when the weather's stale, no, they're going to hang out right there where there's no pressure. You know, and, and that 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 goes to show you, you know, where the ducks feel pressure, and that's why people think late season when they go after the season closed, uh, they go out to pick up decoys. They see all these ducks everywhere. They thought the ducks just got here. Well, right, the pressure right. left. You know, the pressure left. These ducks come back to the marsh. I mean, where we hunt, prime idea. I mean, we got ducks all over our marsh right now. And it just because uh, we quit shooting them. Yeah. Well, one thing uh, the biologists did tell us over that Rockefeller that you know water levels make those ducks leave too. They'll come and go. So when that happens, oh, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> you'll you'll get some shots at them. So I think all in all, <clears throat> if it was opened up and they had a lot of pressure in there, there wouldn't be any ducks in there either. They'd find somewhere else to go. So you, you, I think that's have a good thing. Rest. They, you know, well, in, in the marshes. Talk- we, my, well, one more thing in the marshes we hunt. We we select areas where we do not hunt, so there'll be ducks that'll rest in those spots. I mean, it's it's just it's just the way you need to manage. Exactly. Well, let's talk some fishing now. Uh, February, you know, usually a pretty tough month because of frontal systems and weather, and people not right. wanting to get out in it. How's it been down there? Uh, red, plenty of redfish, uh, and mostly big redfish. You know, I don't know what's going on with the slot reds, but uh, we haven't been catching many of those, Don. The flounder are starting to move in, and some trout. You know, I'm going to say some. You know, no big numbers. You just hit, hit a handful here and there. But mm-hmm. uh, and, and the trout were catching, uh, doing best on uh, the mirrodings. And, uh, yeah. the, of course, the, the redfish and flounder uh, gulp or gulp tip with a piece of shrimp. That's been uh, the, the go-to stuff. Uh, any flounders? Yeah, they're starting to move, make their move back. They they are starting. I mean, it's not great numbers, but you. I mean, you can go out and fish right now and, and just exclusively fish the flounder, fish the mouths of little bayous, uh, you know, or, or points and stuff with the currents going across in, in these bayous, and you you can catch a good mess of flounder right now. They're starting their run in. Well, I want to invite people to tune in. That's going to be on in a few weeks. Watch for it on Bayou Wild TV. That's some breathtaking sights, and I'm talking about you know, a lot of green wing teal, a lot of gadwall, a lot of pintails down there. Uh, so a lot of ducks have been uh, stacking up down on that Rockefeller Refuge, eh? and we enjoy being down there. And caught some redfish, too, by some of those uh, pipes where the water was running through those uh, weirs and stuff. Some really good fishing in there. That uh Rockefeller Refuge is a, is a beautiful uh, refuge, no doubt about yeah. it. Doesn't get a lot of pressure there either. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. Well, Kirk, so. if somebody wants to get in touch with you guys and come spend uh, some time down at Hackberry and get in on some of the fishing and uh, enjoy the scenic marsh and maybe maybe make some long-range plans for next duck season, uh, give the website and the telephone number. All right. It's, uh, the website's Hackberry Rod and Gun, spell out and, dot com, and then our we have a toll-free number. It's 888-762-3391. And I had a few listeners uh, tell me they were very pleased with their trips down there. They went down there and saw you, made some hunts and fishing trips, and were very well pleased. You you never disappoint, well, Kirk. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Don. That's nice to know. All right, my friend. See you next time.
Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Riding Gun. Coming back next, we got Captain Daryl Carpenter. He keeps an eye on Grand Isle for us. What's happening there? We're going to get his opinion, too, on the change in the speckled trout, see if he thinks that's workable as a fishing guide. We'll be back with his report right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, thanks to all of you for your text messages. We'll get to as many of those as we can. Right now, let's talk to Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. Captain Daryl, good morning. How's things down on the island? Uh, Don, they're, they're windy and going to get windier. Um, <laughs> That's what I know, hear. We, yeah, we've had that, had that rain for the last day or so, and, you know, these, these little fronts stacked up one behind the other really, really causing some issues. I mean, at least it'll get rid of the fog that we've had most of the week. Uh, but the next, the next, what, two, two, two and a half days, our forecast is for wind gust up to about 40 miles an hour. So, uh, it's not going to be fit for man or beast unless you're standing next to your pickup truck on highway one, pretty much, uh, which is going to give that an opportunity to turn on a little bit. And, uh, mostly it's going to concentrate the effort there. I mean, nobody's going to be in a boat the next few days, not around, not around Barataria Bay. Uh, so I mean, any, any, catches that we do get any fishing that you do get over the next few days is going to be up and down highway one at roadside fishing and it does well i mean it's not going to be all that cold but hey if it gets too much you can always just jump back in the truck for a while that's the way to do it well not a whole lot to talk about during the month of february fishing's kind of slow weather kind of raw but you know it's always good time to, to talk about regulations and i don't know if you've been following along with this or heard that that proposal uh, that, that a fisherman came up with, which sounds pretty good to me. I can't find any reason to attack it, but it would offer fishermen an option of a 12-inch minimum size and keep 10 per day per person or a 14-inch minimum and keep 20 per person per day. Right. Just that everybody in the boat's got to abide by the same regulation, but I, I think it's easily enforceable, and according to the Wildlife and Fisheries projections, either one of those two and both in tandem will accomplish the 20% reduction in catch. What do you think about it? Will it satisfy people in, in different areas where different size fish are caught? Well, it sounds like it, and it sounds like you know something that a lot of us asked for you know, since we went to L.A. Creel they were always saying that we could do basin-specific regulations. And that was some of the things that we looked at during the speckled trout negotiation. Going on history, you know, the, the argument is going to be whether or not it's enforceable. And like, one of, like you read one of your text messages, you know, for basically humans are greedy. And, uh, you know, that text message summed up the problem just perfectly that, that's always been quoted is, if they start out on a bunch of school-sized fish, then all of a sudden they switch into, you know, they find a, a school of bigger fish. It's the upgrading, you know, the throwing out of the smaller fish. And, yeah, we've got some wonton waste laws. and You know, that's an interesting conversation because we had a talk with wildlife and fisheries about that recently, and they say that's mostly geared toward duck hunting and bird hunting, that they've got some issues with it that need to be tweaked. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to – it makes for a very interesting time. I'm sure it's going to provide a lot of discussion here in the coming months. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of things that are illegal and people, you know, attempt to get away with it, and they will get away with it. They call it the fudge factor, and a lot of times they, they <laughs> factor that into these regulations, you know, so they, they are yeah. already realizing that there's going to be some cheating going on. So I, I don't know, and it just seems like it, it, it might be something that could satisfy a whole lot more fishermen 
And, uh, you know, depending on the thing about it is you can do it any area you want, any day you want. You pick the day that you want to do it. If you're on big fish, then you, you stay with the 14. But if not in that same very area, you go with the 12 and fewer fish. Sounds like a very interesting concept, you know. Uh, it reminds me of something a, a old friend of ours used to say. He's retired now, old Bobby Grove. You know, he used to say, I could have a stream in my backyard full of endless gold, and I could tell anybody, everybody that you could stop here every day and pick up a single nugget of gold. He said, and sure enough, I'd catch somebody with a pocket full trying to sneak out. <laughs> He's exactly right. He's right about that. How's Bobby doing lately? Is he out in the marina business altogether? Is he still in? Or? Oh, yeah, man. He is enjoying life. I'm talking about a Class A pusher. I'm talking about going from one coast to the other. Him and his wife are just enjoying life and seeing the entire you see in every bit of the United States they can. Well, he earned it working hard at those marinas and fighting storms and coming back from them and all that kind of stuff. I'm glad I'm glad he's enjoying it. That's wonderful. Well, yes, Daryl, somebody wants to get a hold of you and get more specific information or find out about booking trips down that way, tell them how to get you besides my website because we got you there. Right. We're on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, uh, RealScreamers.com, or you can just pick up the phone. It's 225 225- Nine three seven six two eight eight, and Don, like we've said for the last month or so, uh, you know, it's this looks like it's going to be a, a different year because it's we've never booked this many trips this far ahead of time, and in fact, we've got a lot of weekends that are going already. So, you know, it's not just a sales pitch. If you've got a specific day, you need to go ahead and get on the phone and try to plan it and get it booked because a lot of people are booking ahead this year. Glad to hear that. All right, watch out for them balloons overhead, and we'll see you next week. And school buses, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too. Thank you, Daryl. All right, we come back after this. Uh, we got more fishing reports. Captain Mike Gallo, Captain Ryan Lambert, and the winner of the Minimalist Challenge, Brendan Bayon, all going to join us here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 